Hi, my name is Krithika. Please tune in to weekly episodes of my podcast, Have You Heard the Sound of Your Own Voice? If you suffer from anxiety or depression and need some reassurance that you will be alright soon. My book is available at the Chennai Book Fair till March 6. The Indian Express, a leading daily newspaper in India, recently interviewed me about my book. The questions were insightful. In this episode, I will elaborate on my answers. What prompted you to write this book and why did you choose this subject? Can you not write about happiness? Why are you stuck to writing about depression? A friend asks me often. She cannot wrap her head around the fact that I have been depressed or that I chose to write about it. You have a good education, friends and family who love you and do not lack material comforts. She starts a familiar lecture. I don't know what to say, I respond hesitantly, unsure what she is going to say next. You have nothing to be depressed about, she says, abruptly finishing the conversation. We live in a society where you can be looked down upon for visiting a therapist or taking medication for depression or anxiety. There is no shame in reading a book, though. Every time I read a news report about a student dying by suicide, I felt miserable. I wanted to write a companion book, something that a depressed person could hold close and go back to for comfort. I had suffered from depression when I was in graduate school, so I thought I could narrate the story without hiding the details behind five-syllable words. It is the details that are helpful. My book is not a vanity exercise. It delves deep into depressive episodes so that the reader gets a peek into the headspace of a person suffering from depression. You mentioned that you looked for first-person accounts on depression when you were diagnosed with it. Why did you think of this as important? My first thought about this illness when I was diagnosed was that I should beat it. I was hoping to find first-person accounts on depression to understand how to live daily with the randomly manifesting symptoms. I figured that if someone before me was generous and had chronicled what they did, and how they persevered despite being frustrated, I could use their book to feed me with hope on what is a lonely journey. I figured that I could combat any adversity if I could familiarize myself with the landscape of the illness. How long does it take to cure depression? Who is best equipped to help you? Should you confide in a friend or partner about your diagnosis? Do the symptoms become severe and unmanageable with passing time? I recognize that there are two facets to illness, the clinical side detailed to you by a doctor. However, you can learn the human side only by looking into the accounts of people who have lived with the ailment. How long did it take for you to finish this book? Did the process feel like catharsis to you? I completed the first full draft in August 2016. The published version is the 8th draft and took 26 days to write. 
The difference between the first and final drafts is in the details. I have included about every depressive episode. I suspect that I was afraid to elaborate on traumatic events in the early days of my recovery. I slowly began to understand that for my writing to be of use, I would have to examine old wounds. It's widely believed that writing is cathartic. Revisiting traumatic episodes and dwelling on painful memories to pen something meaningful led to sleepless nights and crying spells. I had to remind myself why this project was so important to me, that is to help a depressed person, to keep going. You are told to keep a journal and write down your feelings. I have found that this is a challenging exercise. Often you will hear a therapist say, write down something you are grateful for daily. I am alive, I wrote on day one. At the end of one week, I was still writing, I am alive. The truth is, I had many things to be grateful for. Depression is a wretched disease in that it blinds you to your reality. Every event is smudged. When you see that you have made little progress with the journal, you question why you have nothing to say. You loathe yourself and slip further down the hole. It's a counterproductive feedback loop. What is the story behind naming your book, Have You Heard the Sound of Your Own Voice? I will run you through a check. You see a friend and ask, How are you? What are the possible responses she can give? I am fine. I am good. Can she say that she is desperately lonely? Can she say she cries a lot without reason? What if you judged her for it? She begins with some trepidation. I... The voice drowns. Neither she nor you hear what it has to say. I think we see our thoughts and actions with the what will he say about me filter. You don't wish to be labelled mentally weak. So, you remain mute. It could be a question of a career change. It could be the ending of a bad marriage. You carry the burdens of mental disquiet with you. Never once do you hear your voice. You think of the dismissive, Oh, but this will pass. You are a brave girl, comment you will get in reply. You end up speaking the language of silence. In the end, when you have been silent for too long, when your voice, the one wanting to ask for help, perhaps confide about deep-seated insecurity, has been suppressed for too long, an invisible noose threatens to strangle you. I hope that by reading this book, you will find the courage to listen to what you have to say. I think we have been conditioned to have a prescribed response to the events in our lives. An unfair cap has also been placed on how much sadness we can feel. We would fare better if we were allowed to experience the entire gamut of emotions without feeling afraid, ashamed or guilty. Mental health issues continue to be a taboo everywhere. How can books such as yours help destigmatize them? I have been careful not to thrust my thoughts or opinions on the reader throughout my book. I have tried to create a space 
where the reader can explore how they feel. My tone is matter of fact when I narrate how I stopped taking medication and when I failed a driving test. I think all of us want to be considered normal. There's a particular safety and feeling of knowing which accompanies being normal. My book tries to expand this definition of normal by talking about mental illness openly. Acceptance of a condition can come only with deep understanding. And once you accept that depression is an illness that can affect anybody, the stigma will automatically disappear. The pandemic has exacerbated and even triggered mental health problems among students. Can you offer some thoughts on it? Students have been amongst the worst affected during this pandemic. Not being able to socialize with friends, not having access to the classroom experience, and being expected to perform despite disabling circumstances have led to a decline in mental health among students. The truth is, all of us are lucky to be alive. It's hard to see this when your internship is hanging in the balance or when you cannot focus on your studies because one or more family members have been diagnosed with COVID. I think that it's important to be kinder when you assess yourself and give yourself lots of points for persisting despite studying in unbeknownst times. You have to be your own cheerleader and shout encouragement over the din of every naysayer's voice around you. Please don't be afraid to confide in a friend or well-wisher should you feel off-kilter. There is no shame in confessing to someone about your fears or insecurities. What are some myths surrounding depression that you wish people stopped believing? I think that we have learned so little about this illness that there is more misinformation than knowledge about depression. Here are some myths I wished people stopped believing. Depression can be willed away with a positive outlook. Playing cheerful music, indulging in retail therapy or treating yourself to a spa day will make the symptoms disappear. Depression will not affect someone who appears successful or has whatever we have collectively defined as the perfect life. You can predict when your depression will be cured. Therapy and medication will magically pull you out of depression. The medication prescribed to your friend will also work for you. A therapist will offer black and white solutions to all your problems. A therapy session will always make you feel good about yourself. Did you always aspire to be a writer and now that you are one, do you plan to write more books? Writing is in my blood. I am the granddaughter of veteran journalist Mr. T.S. Srinivasan, who served as a chief reporter of the Indian Express and special correspondent of the Business Standard in a career spanning over five decades. I have won writing competitions in school. This book, however, chose me. Yes, I have written rough proposals for two books, one on navigating grief and the other investigating the role women played in the Indian freedom struggle. When I say grief, I am not restricting myself to death. You could grieve your loss of identity the evaporation of an ambition, 
or the end of a close friendship or relationship. In this book, I wish to deconstruct the syntax or its lack while one grieves. There are very few well-documented records detailing the participation of women in the Indian freedom struggle. However, they pawned jewellery, burnt foreign clothes and walked in the salt march alongside men. I hope that the courage of these women before me is an inspiration to my generation. Please subscribe so that you do not miss out on an episode.